in today's show. I'm looking ahead to Saturday in the NBA, all of the action and streaming options and Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we're looking ahead to Saturday. What's the things we need to pay attention to? Who are some streaming options for us to help win this weekly matchup? We're going to talk about all of that now. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Nets and Clippers is the first game that we're going to take a look at here. The Clippers are actually two-point favorites. And remember, this is an early game. It is, what's the time? It's 8 a.m. my time, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, that's how the times work. So set your lineups. Because if you don't, and you got guys in IR that you couldn't have in there, and it means you can't make swaps later on, get it all sorted before this game, 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Good. That's out of the way. For the Nets, Kyrie will remain out. There was an update of sorts on Kyrie, and Woj made it seem like he won't return on Sunday, which would be the end of that initial five games. So I think the expectation is that he misses most of next week as well, despite the positive positivity coming out of Kyrie's meetings with Joe Sy and with Adam Silver and Joe Sy tweeting those positive things today. It does appear like he will rejoin the Nets, but it doesn't appear like it will be this Sunday. So we're looking probably at next weekend as he doesn't join them on the road trip, which is Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then they're back at home Sunday on the 20th against the Grizzlies. So that's probably our expectation for Kyrie's return. As for the other big, annoying fantasy situation that starts with the letter K, Kawhi Leonard, he looks like he's getting better from whatever non-setback setback this is. Um, Again, we don't expect him Saturday. They have a Monday, Tuesday back-to-back, so he's not going to play both of those, obviously. Maybe he plays in the Tuesday game at Dallas. I think your most positive, optimistic outlook for Kawhi would probably be the Thursday against the Pistons. And even then, it would be limited minutes as this bullshit continues. Yudwan Anabe will be out. Well, uh, TJ Warren looks like in a few weeks, maybe he starts practicing. No, we don't stash TJ Warren. If he's still not practicing fully um, and he hasn't played for two years and he plays behind Royce O'Neal and Kevin Durant and he's going to sit back-to-backs and he's going to be unlimited minutes, there's no reason to have him in a 10 or 12 or 14 team league. Like, there just just isn't. Like, I don't see the point of that. But that's a lot of stuff we needed to cover. But what are we actually watching in this game? Cam Thomas. Two really good games. One not-so-good game. And that one not-so-good game tied into a game where Ben Simmons' minutes pushed back up. Um, And Seth Curry played well in that one as well. So that's a lot of... 
it's a lot of it's, it's a lot harder for Thomas to be a 12 team league guy. I, I think you can move on. There was there was a lot of things in those two big games that were unsustainable and with other players returning. But maybe he proves me wrong here. But regardless, it doesn't appear like this is going to be any sort of long-term thing for Thomas with Kyrie likely to return. So I don't think that it's a hold. As for Simmons, he looked better against the Knicks. Still nowhere near his best. And I think he's never going to get there. To be honest, he's never going to get back to his best. Because that yeah, that best player was a 20% usage, 16-point scorer. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's coming. The other stuff, maybe. Scoring, probably not. But we want to watch to see. He's going to come off the bench again behind Edmund Sumner because, I mean, why not? And they're basically playing him as a backup center. And how that impacts Nick Claxton will be interesting. For the Clippers, Marcus Morris has been dominating and he is a must-roster 12-team league guy. I think at some point that will drop off, but that's going to depend on when Kawhi returns or if Kawhi returns and in what capacity Kawhi returns. So we just keep rolling with Marcus Morris. Johnny Wall um, still getting like 23 minutes last game. He did have 27 and 28, the two prior. But what is he? Is he a 23-minute guy or is he a 28-minute guy? And can the shots ever, ever fall for John Wall? Because realistically, they just haven't most of the time. Let's look at the Jazz and the Wizards. There's no spread or total out for this one. Bradley Beal will be out again with COVID protocols. And I know they write it as, as protocols, but basically, he has COVID. Like, that's what the protocols are. He has COVID. And I'm guessing because he has been out this amount of time, it's hitting him pretty bad. That That is my guess. Um... And that is why he is still sidelined. It's you know, There's nothing nefarious. There's no stealth tanking. There's no him sitting out for a trade or whatever other concocted, concocted stories people want to have. Um, I think he's just sick, really. Like, that's really, really um, all it is. So he will be out again. Dylan Rod will be out. But the big fella, Chris Asposingas, he will likely return. He's listed as probable, which means that that Dan Gafford stream... For that Thursday is dead, but, but, talk about Gafford a little bit later. The Wizards play a back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. Not many teams do. And it is a back-to-back. Does Porzingis rest one of those games? I doubt it. But even if he doesn't, you might get 30 minutes out of Gafford across the two games. So don't completely disregard dropping him or, or, or think about dropping him. Don't, don't completely sell yourself on the idea that he has to be dropped. That is better wording. Walker Kessler, the blocks man, the big fella. Blocking tons of shots. I think he's had eight blocks in his last three games. And he had 16, 18, and 16 minutes. But his three games prior to that, 11, 4, and 11 minutes. How did he get more minutes? Well, in the first two of those games, Jared Vanderbilt Bar was out. And he played 16 and 18 minutes. And then Vanderbilt returned. And Kessler still played 16 minutes. So how did that happen? Olenek played 21. And Sexton played 13. So if they play a full rotation, I'm not sure that Kessler gets to 16 or 18 minutes or gets those double blocks, but he might. And we want to watch to see how they run it. Do they run him as that 12-minute center and use a lot of Linux and Vanderbilt and even Markkinen at center ahead of him? Or are they going to slide him in as primarily the backup center and push some of the wings and guards like Sexton or Beasley or Gay or Horton Tucker into fewer minutes? That's important to note. And then we want to watch Sexton, of course, because he played 31, 29, 27, 28, and then 13. Like That obviously stands out as weird, the 13 minutes. Um, he is prone to having low minutes because, A, I don't think he's that good. He's very much a score-first guy that doesn't do a lot else. 
but that is also very low. Like I don't expect it to stay at that level and it should be able to step back up pretty quickly into those high 20 zones. For the Wizards, Jordan Goodwin outplayed Monte Morris again last game. Goodwin has played 26, 21, and 29 minutes the last three games with Beal out, and I expect 20-plus again, making him a streaming target. While Rui Hachimura put up really good scoring performance last game. His minutes have been up the last three without Beal. They do need some of his scoring punch. But realistically, the big game came against Dallas because Beal and Porzingis were out. So him and Kuzma took on the scoring load. And with Porzingis back, that means Porzingis and Kuzma take on the scoring load and Rui moves into a smaller role. But can he maintain some punch here? Can he prove me wrong and show that he is a viable fantasy guy? Probably not, but let's see. We always want to see that. We're always ready to take on new information and change our opinions on things. Well, I am anyway. I hope you guys are too. You don't need to change your opinion though just to uh, find out that BetOnline is the best because today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. .net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball, soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. If I had a couple of notes for BetOnline here, I would say probably change this copy to not say amateur league because if you say every amateur league out there, it means that like your rec league down at the Y, that's an amateur league. I, you, what you're trying to say is college. I'm sure you were trying to say college, not amateur because... Everything's an amateur league, aren't they? Do they have odds for the for the VAFA? Do you know what the VAFA is? Um, I doubt it. Anyway, that is a side note. If you love sports podcasts, betonline.net has that for you as well. But let's look at NFL odds for this weekend. The Chargers are seven-point underdogs against the 49ers. The Bosa Bowl, although Joey won't be playing. Do you think the Niners can cover that seven points? Well, you can find out at betonline.net. It is the easiest and fastest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Raptors paces is the next game. We're going at an extraordinarily slow pace here. I apologize. The Raptors are two-point favorites. The total is 228.5. The Raptors are on a back-to-back. They'll be without Siaka Machua, um, while Chris Duarte will be out for the Indiana Pacers. We'll get more data on Friday for the Raptors um, as to how they fill the minutes that Achua played. But remember... Achua's last three games were 14, 14, and 12 minutes. He's not a 25-minute-a-night player. He wasn't getting 25 minutes a night. Even with Siakam out, he played 14 minutes. So those 14 minutes will probably go three of them to Thad Young, three of them to Otto Porter, three of them to Chris Boucher, three of them to Christian Coloco, maybe even you know, one to two to those guys, and then two to Banton or something like that. Right? I don't think there's going to be gigantic boosts where someone just takes all of Achua's minutes. Yeah, Boucher's the one we want to watch because... He was dreadful the last two games, 14 and 13 minutes. Maybe he pushes back to 20. Maybe he doesn't. He's worth having a crack at ahead of Porter and Young and Coloco, I think. But I, I don't I don't feel strongly about that. I don't feel confident at all in saying that. I also want to watch Fred Van Vliet, who, without Siakam, has been honestly dominating. He is putting up gigantic numbers. I think the demise of Fred Van Vliet as the Raptors' second best player was highly overstated in the preseason. No, Van Vliet's going to take a step back. It's going to be Barnes. It's going to be Barnes is the second guy. Maybe Barnes is the, the one guy. It's it's clearly not. It's clearly still Fred Van Vliet. And I think one lesson we might have learned, or hopefully, I think I've learned a little bit more, and hopefully I remember it next preseason, is that sometimes the status quo just stays. And these guys heading into their second year, we might overvalue them because they surprise us as rookies. And yeah, maybe they're not ready to take on larger roles. Looking at you, Barnes or Cade 
or even Edwards in his third year or Mobley. Maybe you just stay the same. That is distinctly possible. Speaking of staying the same, and by same I mean shit, Jalen Smith sticks. Yeah, look, he's been dreadful, really. Like, he's had a couple of good games, and we know the potential is there. A scoring, rebounding, shot-blocking, three-point shooting, good free-throw shooting, high field goal percentage player is a fantasy stud. But he's also dreadful. And Rick Carlisle sees him play and goes, no, thank you. He played 18 minutes last game. The game before that, 29. The game before that, 11. The game before that, 26. 34, 31, 29. Like, it's all over the shop. The fact that there's been two stinkers in the last three, but... Prior to that, he'd been 25 or over in like seven or eight straight. Makes me feel like he is a guy to hold. But it's going to be a roller coaster. He's going to have stinking nights. And when he has a stinking night, especially early, you're in for a dreadful performance. That seems to be the pattern with Jalen Smith. I do not think Jalen Smith is a good NBA player. But I do know that the guys coming behind him, Terry Taylor and O'Shea Brissett, are actually horrible. And they're worse than him. So that gives him a little bit of a buffer. I also want to watch ex-Benedict Matherin, who last game was on fire. Yet, Carlos still played him only 25 minutes. I don't like this artificial handbrake being applied to Matherin by Carlos. Now, he might not succeed as a starter. He still struggles a lot with defense, and he still struggles a lot with moving the ball. He scores well, though. His scoring is great. Getting to the line at this level as a rookie is almost unprecedented. So that is a huge positive. But it's not like he's promoting veterans ahead of him with veteran savvy, because it's Andrew Nembhard, a second-round rookie, who's starting and often playing more minutes than him. Or it's a veteran in Aaron Neesmith who is bad, which is frustrating. We keep rolling with Matherin for sure, but let's see if anything changes here. No, I'm so fired up today. Celtics and Pistons back-to-back for both of these blokes. No spread or total out at this point. Rob Williams will be out. Malcolm Brogdon is missing on Friday. I expect that he's going to miss again on Saturday. I wonder if Al Horford's back-to-back spasms will flare up again on the back-to-back. Hmm, I wonder. And then for the Pistons, we don't have an update yet on some of the injuries for Friday, but Cade Cunningham is questionable, Marvin Bagley is questionable, Hamadou Diallo is questionable, and Alec Burks is probable. I am dying to see what happens when Bagley plays so I can rip Dwayne Casey two or three new ones, at least. We'll see what happens when Bagley... Maybe, maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe Bagley is a good NBA player. He's not. Maybe he is. He's not. Um, and we want, there's a lot we want to see there. For the Celtics, if we do expect that Malcolm Brogdon is out, does that mean Derek White gets more minutes? Because his minutes have been bad. He's moved to the bench, and I think he'll stay in the bench role. But does 20 minutes become 26? Does he become a streaming option? I don't know. If Horford is out and Brogdon is out, I think White might become an interesting option. But that's about it. While Grant Williams' time in the starting lineup has not gone particularly well. He's absolutely invisible offensively. And he's not doing anything that's good for category leagues or even or points leagues. But yeah, given the potential absence of Horford, given the fact that it's a streaming day and he is useful enough and he's available, you probably want to hold. But uh, long term, I don't know. Jaden Ivey last game was really good. He's had some big rebounding games lately as well. And that's been super impressive. Of course, I want to see how the hell Cade Cunningham responds to his absolute turd burger from last time out. But Ivey is the guy that I'm watching. He's been quite up and down, which is very, very common for rookies. And let's see what he's able to turn in here. Well, I do want to watch um, Jalen Duran. Last time I saw them, before Friday, which was Wednesday, he played 30 minutes. And Isaiah Stewart played 20. There was foul trouble there. But where does Duran fit if Bagley plays? Can he still get those 20? He's basically played 20 minutes every night, over 20 minutes every night, apart from the game he got injured. And will that change? That is key. 
That is really, really key for us to watch. Hawks, Sixers. Philadelphia is three and a half point favorites. The total is 221. John Collins, will he, conti- will he continue to be invisible? Probably. Usage was up a little bit last game on Thursday, but minutes are down continually. He hasn't played 30 minutes in three straight games, Johnny. And he hasn't played more than 32 since the 26th of October when he was getting 34-35 regularly to start the year. Big disappointment. And then Clint Capella has turned it around. He's not getting big minutes, but the production's been gigantic for him the last couple of games. We saw him last time out against Embiid. Now, this is, again, a really good illustration where people massively overthink NBA matchups. Oh, Capella's going up against Embiid. Maybe I'll sit him for this game, and I won't use him. And then he goes out and has 18 and 20. Now, they play the Sixers again on Saturday. He doesn't mean he does. doesn't mean he's figured out Embiid. It doesn't mean he's going to do and produce a big game again. He might have 8 and 7 and have 5,020 minutes. Like, I think people overestimate matchups a ton, and their impact is negligible with a few notable exceptions. Going against the Thunder, going against the Rockets, or a big man against the Hornets. They're always gold mines. For the Sixers, it's been rocky for De'Anthony Melton. I could say the same that it's been rocky for Tyrese Maxey, and I will. They've both been pretty poor since James Harden's been out. But Maxey's rostered everywhere, of course. He's a little bit of a buy-low. Um, but Melton, people are dropping, and I, I would recommend not doing that. But let's hopefully he turns it around and we can put together at least a top 100 stretch here. And then Joel Embiid. I want to watch Joel Embiid because, yes, he's solid. He's a second-round player. But you drafted him in the top four or five. And he needs to do more. He needs to be more engaged. And he just looks bad out there. Bogdan Bogdanovich remains sidelined. There is some footage of him doing some work on court. I still think he's probably a week or so away. And then he'll be limited when he returns. And, of course, Jim Harden is out. Hornets heat. Miami are 10-point favorites. No total out for this one. We got an update finally on Cody Martin. Uh, Mr. Doubtful, who's been doubtful literally every game for four weeks. And now they said, oh, by the way, he's not actually doubtful. He's having knee surgery, so he'll be out for six weeks. All right, that gives us absolutely zero confidence in anything they say. Remember the other day, Steve Clifford's like, no, man, LaMelo Ball, Gordon Haywood, Cody Martin, they'll, they'll all be back really soon. Yeah, a couple of games. Yeah, really soon they'll be back. All right, Stephen. So I don't know when LaMelo Ball is coming back. We have not heard any updates. But as I have said a few times in the last couple of days, the current timeline where we're at is the 12th of November here in Australia when I'm recording this. When I initially put the time frame down for LaMelo Ball's return, I put it at about the 20th of November. I expected four to five weeks with that injury. I think a lot of people said, oh, it's ankle sprain. He's escaped damage. It'll be two weeks. Whereas I was very much more pessimistic so when I hear that Lamelo isn't out, it's frustrating we get no updates or Lamelo is out. We get no updates. That is annoying for sure. But I didn't expect him back at this point. It's like Chris Middleton. I expected him back the middle of November. And that's where we are. I don't know when he's coming back. But once we start pushing past that, then I start to get worried. I don't know if Gordon Haywood is going to be available. Actually, I do know he's going to be out. But I don't know when he's going to be back either. And Victor Oladipo remains, remains sideline. Something happened to Oladipo. He played in the preseason. He's got really Kendrick Nunn from last season vibes. He played in the preseason, Oladipo. And he's just not back. Hmm. Dennis Smith sprained his ankle last game. At, in the end, in overtime, in that game, which was against Miami. So they're playing Miami again. We don't have an update as to whether he's ready. If he is out and Lamelo is out, Rogier will be the point guard. And that means that Jalen McDaniels gets a boost. It means James Booknight, the librarian, he gets a boost. Can he be useful? Probably not. But he will get a boost and he will get extra playing time. I would expect that they would start McDaniels. But Booknight, who played 29 and 28 minutes a couple of games ago, 
he might get those extra minutes, which makes him a deeper league type of option. For the Heat, Tyler Hero is questionable after missing last game. Um, well, last two games, actually, with an ankle injury, and Max Struess steps into his role with more minutes, but it also impacts Gabe Vincent. Now, Vincent is a 12-team stream if Hero is out. Struess obviously is if Hero is out. Both of those guys on a healthy roster are hard for me to see as 12-team league guys longer term, but for now, they are. But Struess is the priority over Vincent if Hero happens to be out. Blazers, Mavs. Dallas is four and a half point favorites. The total is 218. And I just realized that that screen is wrong and I'm going to change it. There we go. That's better. Gary Payton will be out for Portland. Um, we don't know whether Lillard will play. I expect he will. It was just listed as rest on a back-to-back for his calf. So he should return. But the one that we don't know about is Yusuf Nurkic or Shaden Sharp, who both Nurkic has missed the last two and Sharp missed Thursday's game. Nurkic is the bigger query there to me. Sharp is not going to have an impact really if Lillard plays. And if Nurkic is out, Drew Eubanks is the guy that we take a look at and Justice Winslow gets boost. And they both can be 12-team streams. And I also just realized that I forgot to talk about Mason Plumley when talking about the Hornets. He is at least a 12-team stream option, especially for points leagues as a complete aside to this game. But I did forget to talk about him and I'm talking about him now. There you go. Um, so I want to watch Jeremy Grant, who the last couple of games, he played massive minutes against the Pelicans and really stepped it up with big usage and got some defensive stats. But he's been a big disappointment all season, or most of the season. How does he fit in with a Lillard-Simons ecosystem? Can he do more? I, I honestly doubt it. But it was a really good step forward last game. And then we also want to watch Drew Eubanks, who has started the last two games without Nurkic, 22 and 27 minutes, at least a little bit of stream value there. But him and Winslow sort of cannibalize each other a bit. Of course, with Winslow, you have to be careful of the shooting percentages. For the Mavs, two really big games in a row for Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, big usage, big minutes, great scoring, hitting threes. Playing like 38 minutes a night in those last two games without Christian Wood. Um, Wood, we do expect to return in this one. I also watched Dorian Finney-Smith, who's had a, um, officially one good game all season. That does not mean he's a 12-team league guy. And after that one good game, he went back and put up two stinkers. He's really struggling. Um, and yeah, again, he's just a low upside player who's underperforming and you don't want anything to do with that. I don't think in fantasy Rockets, Pelicans, um, Pelicans are 10 point favorites. The total is not available at this stage in terms of injuries. Jay Sean Tate, the wild thing, he will be out. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. As will Bruno Fernando, as will Kyra Lewis. The Kyra looks like he could be back in December. Not really sure where he plays, but yeah. Um, We want to watch, of course, Jabari Smith Jr. He's been really bad. Last game was better. It was an improvement. And we like that he's still got 31 minutes. So let's see if we can get... Can you have a game where he shoots 50%? One game? Yeah, if he does, it'll be like... You'll get like 25 and 12 with three threes and two blocks and be like a top 10 player in that one game. But yeah, hasn't happened yet. So we want to watch Jabari Smith. It's more like the usage and the shooting, but also the minutes. And then Kevin Porter Jr., whose production has fallen a bit. The minutes are still there, but some of his efficiency stuff has fallen away. And we're seeing usage fall a little bit off there for Porter. For the Pelicans, it's always interesting to watch the Larry Nance slash Jonas Valanciunas combination. Almost without fail. The last time, or actually the last time that um, Valanciunas played more minutes than Nance was against the Clippers. And that was a game that Nance did have to go to the locker room. And he, he did return. Um, that was the last time. That was on the 30th of October. Otherwise, every other game... Oh, sorry, that's not true. 7th of November, that's the one Nance actually got hurt in. But otherwise, Valanciunas has played fewer minutes than Nance every game. All right, if Nance isn't hurt, Nance plays more. 
Does that pattern continue? Nancy's a back-end 12-team league guy with a lot of injury risk, but there is still value there. Or Trey Murphy's production's all over the place. 16, 28, 20, and 31 minutes the last four games. Some of the ups there are without Nance, but 31 last game with Nance. And that was with Najee Marshall and, and Devontae Graham not playing at all. I really like Trey Murphy as a player. I really think he's a good fantasy guy. But there's a lot of volatility in the production. You're fine to have him in a 12-team league, but we want to see, can he establish at least like a 26-minute-a-night role every night? And I'm not confident that uh, Willie Grant's going to allow that. Streaming, back-to-back, Saturday, Sunday. A few teams have got, I think there's four teams without back-to-back. So we're looking at Nets players, Joe Harris and Seth Curry. Looking at Wizards players, Denny Avdia, Will Barton. No, f*** you, Will! No, he's ready to sack that. You got Edmund Sumner from the Nets as well that I didn't mention. And then there's um, Jazz players. I think there's only three teams. Um, Malik Beasley, Walker Kessler. Um, anyway, Malik, yeah, well, I just said Malik Beasley. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, Rudy Gay in deeper formats. I don't expect Mike Conley to rest, but he could. It's been, he's played two back-to-backs and sat one. So we don't know how that's going to go. But Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Avdia, Beasley, Barton, Kessler, Sumner and Gafford as some interesting back-to-back streams for Saturday, Sunday. If we're just looking at Saturday stream options, Caleb Martin, Grant Williams, Dorian Finney-Smith, the two Rockets backup forwards, KJ Martin and Tari preseason, Joe Harris, Terrence Mann, and Andrew Nembhard. For deeper leagues, we've got Harris and Mann, Nembhard, McConnell, Dwight Powell, Will Barton, Eric Gordon, Thad Young. Remember with the Rockets that Gordon probably sits. Um, if there is, do they have a, Yeah, they do have a back-to-back, don't they? Let's have a look. No, they don't, actually. My bad. Um, Thad Young, another good deep league streamer. And for points leagues, we've got Mason Plumley, Jalen McDaniels, Chris Boucher, K- KJ Martin, Caleb Martin, Cam Thomas, Anyekara Kongwu, and Jordan Goodwin. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. If you're on YouTube, you thumb it up and you leave the comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.